Hey there, and welcome to the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We're honored you've chosen to join us today. In a few moments, Senior Pastor Alan Miller will launch into this week's teaching. Before that, though, we'd like to encourage you to also check out our website, firstmissionary.net, where you can find out more about what the Lord is doing in our local body and how you can get involved. Now here's Alan with this week's teaching. glad you're here with us this morning. So glad you're here with us today. Has anybody else got the, the
the weather's changed, seasonal crud going on a little bit. Here's some sniffles out there. It's okay. Me too. We're happy you're singing however you can. Let's sing. And all to Jesus I surrender all to Him I free. spoke the earth in 
make the way forward we prepare for our offering this morning let's go the Lord in prayer Father we just thank you again for this privilege of being here in this place thank you Lord that uh, we have this opportunity to give back what you blessed us with Father we're trusting you this morning we're trusting you with both the gift and the giver pray, Lord, that you would take it and use it as only you can. For we love you, we praise you, we lift you up, and we honor you this morning. With your precious name, we pray and ask these things. Amen. Well, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. So good to be here with you this morning. So glad that you're here today. Well, I think uh, everybody's got a little something going on. I, I don't have much of a voice uh, today. Now, some of you may think, well, that's, that's a great blessing. Wow, brother, we're going to get out early today, right? Well, probably not. But anyway, I just uh, thought I'd say that. But anyway, we're so glad you're here today. I hope you've already been made to feel welcome and comfortable here at First Missionary. And we're just really excited about this uh, opportunity that we have uh, to be with you, to share the word, hopefully to encourage you. I know we've got a lot of folks who are traveling out today uh, uh, down south. We've got a big um, mountain bike thing going on down there with several families that are part of our church family. I've heard this morning we got some other folks who are out traveling as well. So lots of going on in our families today. But I'm just so, so, so glad that you're here. And if you're new here, this is your first time at First Missionary. Really, really honored that you chose to come and to be with us here today. Well, today we're going to turn the page. We're going to uh, uh, plow some new ground uh, biblically in regard to uh, our messages that we've been bringing. So we're moving away from all things to all people to, to a, a brand new place today. And over the last several days, I've been just thinking about faith. Just faith. Uh, what is faith? Uh, what does it mean to have faith? Uh, how is our faith grown? How is our faith challenged? What, what does faith really mean? look like? What does it look like? And my heart first went to uh, the book of Hebrews, around Hebrews 11, and we're, that section of scripture that is known as the Hall of Fame of Faith. And what you find there is you find some very ordinary people. I mean, just common, normal, ordinary people 
In fact, if, if you said, okay, we need some really great people who've, who've qualified themselves to be used by God in great ways, you would, have ne- you would probably not pick very many of those people that you find there in what is known as the Hall of Fame of Faith. These are very ordinary, common people who God uses to do extraordinary, uncommon things through. So my mind and my heart went there first. And I started reading and looking at those people who were listed there in their lives. And I came across the first example of Abel. And Abel who, who offered a, a, a sacrifice and an offering to God. And the scripture says that, that he did that in faith. And God honored that in his life. And then from there, we moved a little bit on uh, to a, what I think is one of the greatest examples of faith that you find in, in all of Scripture, perhaps in all of history. And it's the example of Abram. We would know as, as Abraham. And when you come to Abram in Genesis chapter 12, which is where we're going today, you're going to find some very unique and interesting things in his life. And you're going to find some things in his life that God just might be doing in your life today. So we're really excited about getting to this text and getting to this great example of faith and seeing how God might kind of line you up and line your life up and say, look here, this is what I did in his life. This is what I'm doing in your life today. And might you be encouraged by that. So turn with me to uh, Genesis chapter 12. Let's look at the text this morning, and then we will get going uh, in this message that is simply entitled, Crossroads. 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 Maybe today you're at a crossroad. A crossroad of your life. And even though you may not feel like you're at a major intersection in your life, you're at a crossroad in the sense that everything's ahead of you. Your future, where you're going, your direction, it's ahead of you. So whether you feel like you're at a major intersection or not, you might be at a crossroad and you don't even realize it, and everything is ahead of you. Look with me in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country, and from your relatives, and from your father's house, to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, And make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 4. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. Now, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. 
And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions, which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. And Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah. Now the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared to Abram and said, Take your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. Father, as we just bow in your presence, Lord, we just acknowledge to you the greatness of who you are. And Father, we believe today that what you spoke way back then in the life of Abram, that Father, today you can take that word and you can apply it and you can make it real in our lives today. Father, I pray that as we look at this man who is a great example of faith, I pray, Father, that you would encourage our faith, that you would build our faith, that you will strengthen our faith. And Father, we pray that you'll do that by speaking a fresh word of revelation into our life. Father, we need to hear from you. We need to sense your direction. We need to sense your presence. We need to to sense that you are moving us, Father. And we just want to follow you wherever it is that you take us. So, Father, today we trust your spirit to be our teacher and to be our guide. We give you our hearts. We give you our minds. We're attentive to what you want to speak into our lives today. And we just thank you, Father, that you're always faithful to speak. And, Father, even when it doesn't seem like you're very loud, you can still, in a small voice, encourage us in our lives. And so, Father, we trust you with this time, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and amen. So let me ask you a question. So what were you doing a year ago today? This morning, at this time, a year ago today, what were you doing? Remember, November what, 3rd, 4th, 2018, what was going on in your life? What were you doing a year ago from today. Uh, where were you a year ago from today? What was going on in your life? What was going on in your family a year ago today? You know, for us, a year ago today, uh, we were at 100 West, thir- uh, West 13th Street in Benton. We were still at our downtown location. A year ago today was the last uh, worship service that we had in our downtown facility. It just blows my mind to think that next next Sunday will mark the one-year anniversary of us being in this location. And it blows my mind to think about what all has happened, what's transpired, you know, this past year, and all the people, the lives... We've been able to touch, come in contact with, you know, how our ministries have changed, how they've adjusted. Wow, man, this last year has been an incredible year. A year ago today, last time we worshiped downtown. It's been exciting. 
But where are you today? Where are you today? What's going on in your life today? What's going on in the life of your family today? What situations and circumstances are you facing today that you were not facing last year at this time? Does it blow your mind to think about what you're facing or dealing with today that a year ago, it wasn't even remotely on the radar? And think about maybe where you were a year ago today to this point, how you felt then, what you were thinking about then, and how you feel today, and what you're thinking about today, and what's going on in your life today. I know for me, as we come to the end of this past year, I feel like we're coming to a crossroad. I feel like we're coming to a point in time where God is going to say, okay, that first year's behind you. Now, I'm going to open the door. I'm going to open the door for what's ahead of you, where I'm taking you. So much of the vision and mission that's been on your heart to, to, to proclaim the pure gospel of grace in Christ, that is still there. It is still a passion. I mean, we're still going there. But what does it look like moving forward? You know, this past Thursday night, uh, we opened up the doors here to our community. Uh, what is a, a great night it was of, of serving folks and being here. It was Be the Light, Pumpkin Night. And I can, I'll, I'll be honest with you, and when it was over, when it was over, I was just filled with excitement about what could come, about what we could do next year. It was so exciting to be here and to open the doors of this building to this community and to have people literally walking in one way and going out the other way, walking and serving chili and hot dogs and giving out free tote bags. It was so much fun just to, to have a presence in our community. So in a lot of ways, I feel like we're kind of like at a crossroad of wondering, God, what do you have next in our lives? Well, when you come to this man named Abram, this guy was really at a crossroad of his life. And in this text today and, and how God would move him, we're going to identify at least four things that God did in his life to get him to where God was going to take him. About four things we're going to see in the text. Abram was here in verse 1, and he was at a crossroad of his life. He might have not have even realized that he was at a crossroad. And I'm reminded in the text that Abram was 75 years old. I mean, he is no spring chicken. The other thing that we know about Abram is we don't know a lot about Abram. There's not a whole lot in the biblical text about this guy. There's a few things you see in chapter 11. Uh, you find that he was a son of Terah. I believe he had a couple of brothers. He was married to a woman by the name of Sarah, who the scripture says was barren, which means that she could not have children. So he's 70, 75 years of age. He has no children. Uh, he's got a nephew named Lot. He's living in his homeland where his father settled. And that's about it. You don't know a whole lot about his past. But you know a whole lot 
biblically about his future. And he's 75. Now, the other night, I was hanging out with three young men, and this has become a great blessing in my life, to get to hang out with about three guys, some other students on Friday nights for a discussion, for a Bible study. And the other night, you know, I, I come in and sit down, and I sit down with these guys, and, and for them to talk to me and share with me about where they are in life. You know, 17, 18, 19 years of age, and it's all wide open. It's all out there. It's all, it's all in the future for them. And it's exciting to, to, to hear them talk about their dreams and their hopes, the things that excited them, the things that might have made them afraid about the future. And it just kind of threw me back, you know, threw me back many, many years ago to being a young man like that myself. And it also made me think about where I've been and what I've been through. All the water that's under the bridge of my life and what God has done in my life. About the moments and times where He, he would bring me along and then He would do something different. He would do something new. Reminded me of a crisis of faith in my life where I had to really come to terms with God's plan for my life. What God wanted for me as opposed to what I wanted for myself in my life. And I can remember being at that, that crossroad back then and thinking to myself that if I do what God wants me to do in my life, then I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up on a lot of the dreams and the things that I want for myself. That if, that if I truly trust the Lord with all my heart and lean not on my own understanding, but acknowledge Him in all my ways, that He'll make my path straight, but I might not like the path. It might be a straight path, it might be a good path, but I don't know if it would be a path that I would choose for myself. It might be boring. It might be mediocre. I don't know. And I didn't know. But I remember that verse of Scripture coming to life to me when I was about 17 to 18 at that time. And then down the road, after coming to that crisis of faith around January the 3rd, 1993 where I, I said, yes, Lord, for what you want for my life. Later, a verse that would come to me would be in the psalm. I think it's Psalm 37.4. It says, to delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. And I, and I think back, and I can encourage these young men and, and these guys and, and, and say, listen, guys, trust in the Lord. Follow the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. God will take you down a good path. But then later to realize that as you walk with God, what He does is He, he molds your heart and He fashions your heart as you delight in Him. And then naturally, the desires of your heart line up with His heart and with what He wants for your life. And it's all of a sudden it's like, Lord, I get everything I wanted. I got everything I wanted. All the dreams and, and things I wanted to do that I thought I was giving up. Lord, you brought those into my life. But it didn't happen by me choosing my own path. It happened by sincerely surrendering my all to you. And you have given me in my life in so many ways. The delights 
the desires of my heart. Well, God was no doubt bringing Abram to a crossroad. And here's the big deal. Something happens in Abram's life that I believe changes his course forever. And I'm not for sure he would have been ready in 12.1 like we see him here had what happened in chapter 11 at the end of the section around verse 32. Had that not happened, I'm not for sure Abram would have been where he was in Genesis 12.1. Because something major happened in his life. His dad died. His father passed away at the end of chapter 11. And what we can tell about Abram's life, or rather about his father, Terah, is that Terah was a man of divided loyalties. He did not pursue and worship exclusively the one true God. He was a man of divided loyalties. And there's a possibility that, listen to this, as long as Abram's father lived, he could have been holding Abram back. So at the end of chapter 11, Terah dies. Abram's 75. And now, 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 God is going to do a new thing in Abram's life. And could it be, could it be, could it be, some things have to die before you're ready for the new thing God wants to do in your life. It might be the loss of a job. It might be the loss of a relationship. It might be the, the death of somebody that's close to you. It could be a, a major health crisis that comes along in your life, and you're going through this pain, this terrible pain of your life. But yet what God's doing is He is allowing things to literally die, to go away. Because what happens is, so many times in our lives, we're just tracking down the road. We're just tracking down the road. We're not even thinking about what we're doing, where we're going, why we do what we do. It's almost like a mindless thing. When you come to a crossroad, you've got three options, at least three options. You can just keep going. Just keep going straight. And you, there might be some pressure along the way in this as, as well. The people in front of you, you come to the crossroad, they just keep going. So you feel like, well, I just got to keep going. I just got to keep going down the same road. And then you've got cars lining up behind you. And they're lining up behind you. And you're like, okay, well, they're, they're waiting for me to go. So I just, need to, I just need to go. I just need to keep going straight. Another option you have when you come to a crossroad is to turn. It is to turn. It is to turn. And to take a new direction in your life. Maybe pain 
brought you to this point. But it takes the pain to wake you up. To make you realize you need to turn and change direction in your life. And there's a lot to be said about faith. Courage. To be willing to make that turn and that change. But there's another option when it comes to being at a crossroad in your life. And that is waiting. Waiting. Being patient and making sure that the Lord speaks clearly in your life. You might have to pull off to the side, call a timeout. But the one thing you don't want through this crossroad is you don't want to proceed without the Lord's voice and directive in your life. I love the way chapter 12, verse 1 starts. It says, now, now, now. Let's think for a second about the power of now. The power of now. You know, now doesn't dwell on the past. Now doesn't think about the water that's underneath the bridge. There's a whole lot about Abram's life. Watch this. From 1 to 75 that you don't know anything about. Apparently, when it comes to now, what's in the past doesn't matter. You don't need to dwell. Now does not dwell on the past. Now also does not become overburdened or anxious about the future. That's not now. Now is now. It is Today, it is this moment. And God had brought Abram to now. And now Abram's ready. And he's ready for God to speak into his life. So there's a couple of things we see here right off the bat. We see that God brought Abram to a crossroad. He brought him to a crossroad. Through the pain, perhaps, of his dad and that experience Abram is now ready. But then here's what God does next. God gives him a clear word. Look here in in chapter 12, verse 1. We could probably spend all day on the first four to five words. Now. Now. What is he saying in your life? Now, now the Lord said. God gives to him a clear word. However, it's a clear word with little details. A clear word with little details. Are you a detail person? You like to know all the details? You go on a trip, you want to know everything that's going to happen. Are you the kind of person, you plan a vacation, and you're like, 
Okay, I want to know uh, where I'm going to eat breakfast on such and such day. I want to know where I'm going to have lunch. I want to know what I'm going to have for dinner. I want to know what the activities are for the day. Yeah, I, I want to go, but I want to go with the details. I want specifics. I've got a ton, a ton of questions, and I want those answers. And I want them now. Confession time, anyone? Anyone? Confession will pray for you. To me, that's not a vacation. To me, that's just to me. That's not a vacation. You're probably thinking about it. I don't want to waste my time. So I want an itinerary. To me, you get away and, 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 and you don't need, you don't, you don't want an itinerary. It's about, it's about getting away from it, right? But some people want, they want the details. They want the specifics. God would give Abram a clear word about his life, but he did not give to him a ton of details. Listen to what he says. How would this go for you? The Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. Lord, what's the name of that land? Doesn't matter. Lord, do I go north? Do I go south, east, west? Doesn't matter. Lord, what do they call this place? Don't worry about it. I just want you to go. What? But Lord, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable here. This is where I've lived all my whole life. Here with my family, relatives, my home country. And Lord says, but here's the deal. I cannot do in your life what I want to do unless I move you. I can't do in your life what I want to do unless I move you. i got to get you moving. And there's things that I want to do through your life. And there's things that I want to do for other people. But I, I'm not going to do it here where you are. So God uses things leading up to this to get him ready for the power of now, that moment of God speaking clearly into his life. And he gives him a clear word. But he doesn't give to him very many details about where he's going to go. Go. Just go. And what we can say from Abram is that Abram would truly go. And he would go without knowing. His life, after this word from God, could be described as Going without knowing. Going without knowing. However, the Lord would give to Abram some promises for his journey. Some promises for his journey. Now, some of you, this may scare you to death. To think that your life could be at a crossroad, that some things have happened and transpired, that you're getting ready to move forward, 
that all of it's in front of you, no matter what your age. Remember, don't forget, this guy was 75. And the greatest work that God was going to do in his life was after he was 75. When everybody else is ready to quit, retire, you know, just kick back, enjoy the grandkids. Wait a minute, he didn't have any children yet. He didn't even have any children yet. That was to come. For some of us, this may scare us to death to think about what all He has yet for us in the future. But here's one thing we know. We know that unless the Lord gives a clear word, unless there is a fresh revelation, unless we have a sense God is leading us, then that's a pretty lonely Lonely, lonely journey. When I came to my crisis of faith, on January 3rd, 1993, God gave to me a sense of that loneliness. Now, let's stop there for just a second, and let's come back. So God brings Abram to a crossroad. He then speaks a clear word into his life but not with many details. But then God's going to give him some promises for his journey. Okay? Here's what God says. God says, Go to the land, which is the end of verse 1, which I will show you. I'll show you the land. I will do that. He says in verse 2, And I will make you a great nation. The Israelite nation would come from Abraham... Jesus would come from the Israelite nation and be a blessing to all nations of the world. He says, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And watch this next in verse 3. And I will bless those who bless you. I will, I will, I will, I will. The one who curses you, the end of verse 3. The one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. God gave to him promises for his journey. So let me ask you. What are promises that God's given to you for your journey? What are the words that you could take to the bank today knowing that no matter where you're going, what the future looks like, there's some promises that God's given to you for the journey? You know, one of the first ones that comes to my mind is His word that He says to us as His children, I will never leave you and I will never do what? I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You are mine. You are my child. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You're my child. When I came to my crisis of faith, January 3rd, 1993, I thought what I'm doing today is not be what, what I would do in my life. Because I, I thought if, if I did this, then I would give up on all my dreams and everything I would, would, would want to do in my life. 
Little did I know that it was only through this that God caused those dreams to become realities. But I had just taken a promotion uh, with a company I was working for, and I told them, I said, uh, I've got one speaking engagement to make. And once I make this speaking engagement, that'll be it, and, and I'll be here every Sunday because my new job was going to require me to work every Sunday morning. So I had one speaking engagement. And I told him, I'll, I'll make that speaking engagement. I didn't want to call it preaching back then because I didn't want to be called a preacher. That, that wasn't fitting into my plans for my life or any of that. I just said, I got a speaking engagement. Let me do that. And then the following Sunday, following Sunday, I'll be here and, and I'll work and I'll work. So, so I was closing the door for, for this in my life. And that morning as I stood before a congregation and a group of people, I felt absolutely alone. I felt loneliness. And it was like God gave me a taste, gave me a taste of what it's like to do life without Him. And I stood there in that moment, of, and it, it just, this brokenness came all over me. And, and thank God, by the end of that day, I came full circle to my life, and I said yes for what God wanted in my life. That was a defining moment. That was a cross, crisis of faith. That was a crossroad. And when I came to that point, I said, yes, Lord, whatever you want for my life, I will do it. But I don't ever, I do not ever want to feel alone again. But it's just like he just gave me a taste. Not that he would ever leave me, not that he would ever forsake me, but I just knew I didn't want to do anything in my life and not have peace with him. And I told the guys the other night, I said, I really believe in your life that if you have peace with God and peace with yourself, you can go through anything in life. If you have peace with God and peace with yourself, I believe you can face and you can deal with anything this life and this world throws at you. Peace with God. Peace with self. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. So what else? What are the, are the promises you think God gives to us? What else do you think He speaks into our life? Uh, what about this one? Um, there's nothing that can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ. What about that one? Isn't that a pretty good promise that He gives to us? That nothing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ. There's nothing that can happen in your life. There's nothing that you can do. There's nothing that can be said that you as a child of God, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ. Wow. Man, have that promise with you. Pack up the bags. Load up. Let's go. Nothing will ever be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ. And not even death can do that. Oh, here's another one. What about this one? That in Christ, we are more than conquerors in Christ. That no matter what that road looks like ahead of us, that we can approach that road, we can approach our life from a platform of victory and not defeat. We're more than conquerors in Christ. Man, tremendous promises that, that God gives to us on this journey. He gave promises to Abram. I will 
I will, I will, I will. Therefore, you can pack up your bags. You can walk away from the past. And you can walk ahead confidently. Knowing my promises for you. Man, it just burns in my heart today to think about some of the things that we go through in our lives. That we have to go through to get to the point to where we're awake, where we're ready, where we know that God's got a new future for us. Things that have to end, things that have to close, doors that have to shut to us, relationships that might have to end, career paths. But my goodness, how God uses those things to get us ready, to get us awake, to get us alert to the new thing that He wants to do. But here's the thing. It's the last part of this. We see this in verses 4 and 5. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot, his nephew, went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. And Abram took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated, and the persons which they had acquired in Haran. So Abram, you can see, was an influential man. Apparently he had some wealth, and, and he had some servants that they were part of his household. But when Abram takes up and he gets ready to go, he's got some, listen to this, he's got some other people who are going to travel with him. God gives to him traveling companions for the road. And other people, other people that had been with him up to the crossroad, some of those people don't make the journey. His father died. Others stay in the land. His scenery is going to change in regards to traveling companions. But yet God gives to him, he gives to him people on the road, people to journey with him. Maybe even some new people, some new relationships, some new opportunities. God gives to him traveling companions for the road. And these people would speak encouragement into his life. They would be great examples of faith themselves. Sarah, Sarah became a mother through her faith in what God had spoken, God would use these people to encourage him on his journey. God gives traveling companions along the way. And I, I tell you, when I think back on the past year and everything we've been through this past year and all the changes that we've been through, and man, one thing I'm just so thankful for, I'm so thankful for, I'm so thankful that God has put you on this journey with us. I'm so thankful that, that, you know, the crossroad that you've come to in your life, the intersection, whatever it is, that for whatever reason, however reason God sees fit, has seen fit, He's brought your lives and lined them up with our lives. And if anything, we stand here today at this intersection to encourage you to speak, to speak His love into your life. Uh, just the other day, I had a conversation with a lady who's been attending our church for the last several months. 
I mean, she was carrying some pain, some relationship pain, some relationship baggage. And one Sunday morning, just something we said, something we spoke, spoke truth into her life. That next week, she's able to address some things that have been going on into her life. She comes back the next week and says to me, I'm free. I'm free. I was able to, to address something that had been in my life. I was able to speak to it. It was just one thing that was said. It was one thing that was spoken. And I took hold of that. And I began to walk in that. And now it's like, she said, it's like I had an elephant literally sitting on my shoulders. And the elephant is gone. Oh my gosh. The opportunity that God's given to us. How to intersect with people's lives. To speak truth, to speak encouragement, to speak love. Man, the people he sit along the way. And there's more. And there's others. I mean, God doesn't call us to take this journey by ourselves. And yes, it can be painful when you look back and you go, wow, you know what? I, I thought so-and-so would be on this journey. I thought so-and-so would be, and I thought so-and-so. And you look back and, and God just says, you know what? What I have for them is not what I've got for you. It's okay. You walk on. And then he brings others up alongside you. And you go, wow, I didn't even know these people existed. He does that for Abram. He provides for him the personal encouragement through traveling companions. So when he gets there, in verse 6, it says that Abram passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Morah. Now the Canaanite was then in the land, and the Lord appeared to Abram and said, I love this. To your descendants, I will give this land. This is it. This is where I've been bringing you. And I'm going to give this place to your descendants. And you know what Abram does in return? The scripture says that he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. He builds a place of, of worship and a place of sacrifice and offering to God. You know why he did that? You know why he did it? Do you know why he did it? Yeah, some of you are going, yeah, because he was a great man of faith. No. His faith was in a great God. It wasn't Abraham's faithfulness that got him there. It was the faithfulness of God that got him there. It was just Abraham's faith that caused him to hook up with the Lord for the journey. And when he gets there, it's not a place of divided loyalty. It's an altar and a worship to Yahweh, the one true God. So he comes out of Haran, and his father, who was a man of divided loyalties... His father had to die for him to be ready to leave. And then when he gets there, it's like Abraham says, no, no divided loyalties here. 
And you just got to believe. My heart just goes out to people who've gone through loss and they go through brokenness of relationships. And they got to understand. There are certain people that will help you to get to where God wants you to go and other people cannot help you get there. And it's okay. So he gets there. He's like, hey, this is the Lord's land. And he builds an altar, and he worships God. It's to Yahweh, the one true God, and the rest is history. And then when he gets there, and we know that God wasn't over, God wasn't done with him, there would be other things that God would do in his life. But what God would do is God would take his now that was then and bring him to a place and then give him a new now for what he would do at that point forward. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. You'll never get out of, let me back up, you will never get to tomorrow's now until you get out of today's now. The trust, the faith, the commitment, a determination just to follow Him today. That now, which is now, will then lead to tomorrow's now. And He might bring you to another crossroad. Like He did with Abram when He had to offer Isaac, His son, in Genesis 22. It just becomes one now, after another now, after another now. So what is it that God is speaking now into your life? Won't you stand with us this morning, please? So right now, I just invite you to bow your heads with me and just close your eyes. Our prayer counselors are going to slip out. Be available to meet with you, to pray with you now or at the end of the service. The question is, what is God speaking into your life Now, what has he been doing to bring you to this crossroad to speak into your life now? Is he saying, come on, let's go. Let's keep moving ahead. Is he saying, no? Let's turn. Let's change direction here. Or is he being quiet? And you're saying, okay, Lord. I'm going to wait. I'm going to be patient. Until it's clear. Thanks for joining us on the First Missionary Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. That's it for this week's teaching, but you can always find more on our website, firstmissionary.net. We'd also like to encourage you to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you benefited from this week's lesson, be sure to share it with your friends and family, then leave a rating and review on your favorite podcast app. Thanks again for listening, and God bless.